I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to the Tim's Take Podcast. Episode... Oh, you know, 11? Oh, goodness. No, it's episode number 10. 10. Is he 10 weeks old or 11 weeks old? 10 weeks old. 10 weeks old. Oh. Because we haven't done episode 10. Episode 10 is a big number. You Don't you think you'd remember talking about it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> episode 10. Oliver's 10 weeks old. Wow. Oh, my original plan for this opening was going to be, Rachel, can you believe that we've done 10 episodes? And then you're going to say, oh my goodness, no, it's amazing. So glad we've made it this far. But instead, you were just like, oh, it's probably 11. <laughs> like, we've probably already <laughs> we've done We've probably 10. already passed that anniversary. <laughs> Unbelievable. Here we are, recording on Saturday because Friday we had a little bit of an adventure, which maybe we'll talk about later, and we just didn't make time for it. So this is our first day that we're doing it late. But no one else will know. Yeah, it'll still come out at the same time. So no difference to anyone except us. All right. Shall we kick it off? Let's do it. All right. We're going to do lows first. My low for this week. So this was my last week of maternity leave before I go back to work next week. And my low about that is one that my maternity leave is coming to a close. But more importantly, that... COVID has really ruined my ideas of what I thought maternity leave would look like. I just had visions of being able to do things and go places with the baby for the one time in your life that you have, you know, 10 weeks off. And obviously, especially in the beginning, it was a lot of work and maintenance and you're just trying to survive. But I would say the last couple of weeks, I feel like if COVID had not been a thing, I would have gone out and done stuff with Oliver and, you know, every, not every book, but lots of books that I've read say that this is the time to go get coffee with a friend and do things with your baby because for the most part, they're pretty content and mellow. They're not yet crawling, so they're not antsy to move around. And I just feel like I've been robbed of that a little bit. And it's just a part of the lament and grief of this COVID season that I've just really felt kind of stuck and... What was the word I used last week to you when I was feeling really caged? I forget exactly the word I used. I can't remember either. But yeah, caged is, I mean, a pretty accurate description. (laughs) In Northern California right now, we have a lot of smoke. It's well over 100 degrees. So between those two things and COVID, meaning you can't go inside, you can't go outside. We're just in our apartment with each other, which in many ways has been sweet and I think if we were to have other kids in the future, I would understand how precious some of these moments have been without the pressure of needing to be somewhere and go somewhere and, you know, be on time, which would definitely not happen right now. But I do also grieve the getting together with people, doing things with Oliver phase of my maternity leave that is now coming to a close. Yeah, that's really fair. None of it has looked, your last trimester didn't look like anything like we're expecting. These first weeks haven't really been quite what we expected or anticipated. I mean, by the time he was born, we knew that that's what it was going to look like. Yeah. But yeah, lots of, I mean, we've been talking about expectations, I think, since episode one. So lots of expectation shifting along the way. Hmm, That's fair. Milo this week is not a specific moment. It's kind of similar, actually, to yours in the sense of kind of the category it might fall into. But just the attention, the struggle of paying attention and being present at the end of a workday 
is really tough, especially when work kind of preoccupies a large portion of my brain to make the switch to be fully present with Oliver and you. It's really hard, and I felt that particularly this week. I don't know if just things at work were kind of in my head a little bit more, what the case might be, but I think maybe I've talked about this a little bit before, but it's so hard to stop. And, I mean, we talk often about not wanting to compartmentalize, but I don't know how you avoid having to compartmentalize a little bit to be able to kind of be present. And And it takes a lot right now to be with him present because he isn't responding. He isn't doing a lot of his own things. Yeah. So he's really only kind of reacting to things that you're doing, which takes a lot of mental energy at the end of the day to come up with stuff to do with him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's definitely a part of it. But I just felt that. And it was there were a few moments where I was just like, oh, I feel like I'm not good at this. And this is really hard. And I don't know how to sort of rest my attention back to him and be present in this moment when there's all these other things that feel like they're clamoring for my attention. So that was, there was some, yeah, that would be a low, kind of a general low, a general malaise, if you will. A challenge. Yeah, a challenge. Well, if it's any consolation, I didn't notice that you weren't present this week. Very good at faking. Very good thing. <laughs> well, that's not really our goal here. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, yeah, it's just, I think even if I am being present in those moments, it's because it's taking a lot more effort. And when you have kind of the meta moment of recognizing how much effort it's taking, when it doesn't feel natural, then that's kind of a low point because it's like, oh man, this sh- should be natural. And yeah, that's kind of a bummer, but I think it's totally human. I don't, I'm not beating myself up for it. It's just, it's a low. It's a low. It's a Wish bummer. Wish it were easier to be present in all yeah. of our things. Yeah, right. Yeah. What was your high, though? My high, so if you've been a long-time listener of the podcast, you know that in the beginning, our breastfeeding journey with Oliver to feed him was very difficult, and I mean, I think everyone experiences this differently, but it was quite painful for me and was for a long time and just mentally exhausting, hard to enjoy being with him but i'm happy to say that 10 weeks down the road he has been doing so great things really turned around we you know we did stuff so i'm not gonna say it was like miraculously he just figured it out though i think for some babies and maybe for oliver that was true but i do think we did the work to try to problem solve as much as possible we went to a lactation consultant who then referred us to a massage therapist. And we've been going, you know, the last couple of months staggered as he's gotten better. So this last Monday we went to his appointment and she said, you know, he's doing really well. And it sounds like from what you're telling me, he's doing well. So we're going to have one more appointment. But then from then on, I'm just kind of on call if you need stuff. And that was like, wow, that feels really good. Yeah, it totally did. And we even went hiking yesterday, kind of adventuring a little bit into Tahoe. Would you call what we did hiking? I like to call what we did hiking. It was a walk in a more kind of wild, natural space. I mean, very wild, natural space. Well, except it is a reservoir, so it was man-made. And also (laughs) the path we were on was fully paved. With lots of dirt on top of it (laughs) with some dirt (laughs) with some dirt baked into that pavement but we didn't see anyone else on our trail so it was you know somewhat that makes it a hike that's kind of the qualifying no i don't it feels like you're not just on a walking path where lots of people are 
crowding together. I don't know. Anyway, we went on a walk hike thing yesterday and we pulled up to the parking lot where we had already been driving for an hour and a half. So we get to the parking lot and it's like, oh, he's going to get hungry sometime on this walk. So we should feed him now. Mm -hmm. And the ability to just get in the backseat of the car and feed him right then and there was miraculous to me. (laughs) Like, we can just do this and... Yeah, I mean, again, I know that that's not how everyone's journey turns out, and I'm grateful that Oliver, together, we've kind of worked something out, and we are where we are, and I'm just grateful that we're able to feed him, however that would have looked like, but this particular thing was a gift. Yeah, it was great. The whole whole experience overall, I think, was positive. Are you going to talk about this later? Of hiking or walking? The whole, the whole experience. No, no, no. All of it. The whole expedition. Yesterday. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to talk about it later. So. Okay, neither am I. So maybe we can talk about it now. Yeah. The only iffy part was Oliver was amazing. Basically slept the morning away other than a few times when he was awake and just kind of looking around as we pushed him in the stroller. But we would have made it home... Well, let me put it this way. About 10 minutes from getting home, Oliver starts, I don't think screaming is the right word, but definitely crying loudly in the back seat. And so we just had a crying baby for the final 10 minutes. The twist here is that could have been avoided, except when we were leaving uh, the reservoir, I asked Rachel, do you want to go back the way we came or do you want me to turn right here and see if we can find out, find another way home? And Rachel was like, why don't you turn right? Because, well, we had both looked at a map in her defense. and in my defense. We had looked at a map, and there was seemingly a direct route to the highway. This was supposed to be the quicker route. Well, the thing about Google Maps is that it doesn't necessarily show you the topography of that short route. So while it may have been, as the crow flies, a short route to the highway, it was not a short route in terms of twisty, windy, and then major ups and downs. Ooh, it was harrowing. Yeah, at one point my hands were very sweaty as we turned a corner. Suddenly we're going down like I was on the back of a horse from the man from Snowy River, if you've seen that movie. Like I was riding down after the Brumbies and there was no boundaries, no protective fencing on the side of the road. And I just thought if we went down here, it would be a while before anyone would know. Oh, that is so bad dramatic well, it would have been true it would have i mean you kind of peered over the edge at one point you're like i don't see the road i just see open air yeah. huh that's interesting yeah but otherwise it was very bonding for all three of us i think yeah it was a fun adventure it was a fun adventure all right what's your high my high was when i put oliver down to sleep sometimes i like to sing to him and my high this week was singing i you know you're trying to think what to sing and one of the songs i sing is from chitty chitty bang bang which is from my childhood but then this week i sang to him waltzing matilda which is an australian folk song at one point was being discussed to potentially become the national anthem oh i did not know that yes the thing about waltzing matilda is it is about a person stealing uh food essentially and then jumping into a river and committing suicide Oh, wow. At the end to avoid being arrested. But it also happens to make a very nice lullaby. Does it? Does it? And all of that is mostly couched in terms that it's not really clear what's going on if you're an American especially. And actually, even if you're an Australian, sometimes. 
growing up, I don't think I had the full understanding of what Multimentalda was about. Oh, I'm good to hope. But it was super fun. Oliver, we're going to work to apply for his Australian citizenship since he is eligible to be a citizen because of my citizenship. And it was fun to sing a little bit of kind of almost some of his heritage there and for it to kind of calm him down and put him to sleep. Yeah. So this is just an interesting fun fact about the citizenship. So Matt was born in Australia. He has dual citizenship because he was born there and his dad's Australian. Mom's American. So then automatically Oliver can apply to become an Australian citizen because of this partnership. But then if Oliver were to have kids. Because of this, because of this partnership. <laughs> because what's of the this partnership? Between my mom and my dad or yeah, sure. within like what's the partnership? The civil here? partnership. <laughs> but then because. So if Oliver were then to have kids, his kids could not automatically apply. They would have to live there over a span of three years, but in any number of increments. No, no, no. No. No, it's that Oliver has to live in Australia for the equivalent of two years. Oh, for his kids? For his kids to be eligible. Ah, yes. To okay. Australian citizens. So... There's my fun fact that I got wrong. <laughs> but if Oliver were there to live a total cumulative time in his lifetime, two years. So if we send him there for summers <laughs> or if we go there for summers or have to exit the country at some point, then Australia is where we would go. And then he could pass along citizenship. Yep. Anyway, I found that all very fascinating. It is really interesting. Not fascinating enough to remember it correctly, but fascinating. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to move on to our take. Okay, what's your take, Rachel? My take is that babies need surprisingly a little amount of stuff. Which, when you're registering for babies and you're, you know, getting ready to give birth, it seems like the list is very long. It, it is. In which you need stuff, which is true and... I'm very grateful for everything we got. And obviously, as they get older, they're going to need more. But at this stage, they don't need a lot of stuff. Do you disagree? I'm trying to think. I both agree and disagree, I think. Well, okay. So here's why I thought of this this week is Mm -hmm. in preparation for my maternity leave, Matt's mom is going to uh, be with Oliver one and a half days each when you go back to work week when I go back to work and so we were trying to figure out okay if you're gonna take care of him we're gonna need you to have stuff to be able to do that so trying to put a list together of what we need to buy and the list really wasn't that long that's true diapers wipes you need some bottles we're gonna give you some swaddles she already has some toys we're going to give you a car seat attachment he already has the car seat some burp cloths some clothes. That's about it. It wasn't like this, oh, we need to buy you another 50 things. Right now, he's pretty simple. It doesn't need a high chair. doesn't need, you know, sippy cups, all that stuff. We're not That's quite true. to yeah. that phase yet. Why would you disagree with me? Well, you just started listing things and it was not that short a list. It wasn't three things. It was still, you know, it was still a, a meaningful list. Yes, that's true. And when we go to your parents or somewhere, we do still have to take two full-ish bags of stuff. Yeah. But overall, I was surprised at how little he needs if we really aren't going for a long amount of time. Yeah. I'm trying to think about this. He puts very few demands on you. So he demands very little. Right. But then in preparing for any eventuality, you end up really filling a bag. Yes, that's true. 
And so that I think is why I hear, I hear what you're saying. There's not a lot he actually needs, but at the same time we have so much stuff and we use it all. Most of the stuff we have. We do, but we are, I was particularly felt like I did a lot of research. I was very particular about the stuff that I wanted. Mm -hmm. We kind of invested in some probably more expensive items that we knew were going to last through multiple ages that were going to be durable, could serve multiple purposes. So we put our money into products that we really liked and wanted, like our play gym, our bouncer, the car seat, you know, all these things were going to serve multiple uses and then kind of didn't go broad. We went deep in our registry. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Interesting description, but I I think I understand what you're trying to say, even if I'm not sure about the metaphor. Does yeah, anyone else understand me? I mean, our closets aren't overflowing. Yeah. yeah. And there there is a scenario very easily in which that happens. And the kind of the only thing we've said, we will take as much as possible of baby stuff is books. But the rest of the stuff, we've been a bit more like, we're going to be careful. We're not going to buy him tons of clothes. He really needs seven outfits that he can fit into, you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I'm not I'm not here to try to undermine your take. I was just I was just curious and trying to process it for myself. It's understandable. It's like baby minimalism with an asterisk because it's still baby minimalism, which babies still require more than we do. Yeah. I feel like there's very natural areas where babies, baby stuff sort of explodes, right? And that's when you get into toys and clothes. Yeah. Feels like everything else are just things that they need. And there's not really a way to go over to consolidate and have your life be not uncomfortable. For example, we wouldn't have had to get him a changing table. You could do that on a little mobile mat, but then you'd be on the floor on counters, and that's not a sustainable way right, to change true. each time. So there are ways to minimize, but for us, that's, that's just not going to work. But in those main areas where you tend to see things sort of explode outward, we have, I think, done pretty good in not sort of overwhelming him or us. So yeah. kudos to you. There's my take. Yep. All right, my take is this. There is no part of our parenting journey where we have not been stepping almost completely into the unknown. And here's what made me think about this. We, when Oliver was born and Rachel went on maternity leave, we said, why don't we wait? So he was born in June. We don't need to talk about you going back to work or anything like that until August 1st. And then we can begin to have conversations and work out what you want to do. But August 1st came, and part of the idea, I think in the back of my mind, was at that point, Rachel will have some idea of what she wants to do. So we've gone through a whole process of talking to her work. They've been incredibly generous and said, yeah, I come back part-time, et cetera, et cetera. So this week, I asked Rachel, like, are you ready to go back to work? And her response was essentially, "I I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I'm going to feel. And it just struck me that there was no amount of time that you were gonna spend with Oliver where suddenly we were going to know what your life was going to be like and what our lives were going to be like when you went back to work. There's no amount of kind of mental preparation because everything is so different than it was before. And I think there was a little bit, there was a little part of me, and maybe this is especially with a first child where these things are unknowns in different, in heightened ways. But I think I had thought like, oh, a month with Oliver and Rachel have a good idea of 
how much she would want to work. But the reality is you cannot know that until you're doing it. Right. And so that's both, I think, humbling and maybe a larger kind of theme for all of parenting is it's just you, you just don't know until you do it. And we, I think I've talked about this before, about the tendency of parents to sometimes say that to people who aren't parents and my frustration with that. And I think I remain frustrated with that. What, what, what do people say? Oh, like, oh, well, you just have no idea. Like, you don't know how much you can love a child until yada, 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 which I don't sign on necessarily to that. I want to debate that and push back on some of that. But what I do sign on to is in the journey, you're just always walking one step at a time and not really fully understanding what's coming next. Yeah. Because you just have no idea what your kid's going to be like in each phase, how you're going to respond to that. You start to get hints and glimpses. But yeah, until you do the thing, it's very hard to know how it's going to be yeah. for you right? and for your family. Which is annoying because it makes things harder to plan. But <laughs> Which we love to plan. So <laughs> it is frustrating. That's, that is very true. <laughs> but it is the reality. So that's my take. Uh, that was just kind of brought home in a fresh way this week with this transition that we're looking at come Tuesday. Yeah. Cool. Wow. So I haven't been to work in 12 weeks, which has been a long time. So it's going to be a change for us. I feel like we're on kind of a turning point yeah. on a ridge cresting over to the valley like oh, we gosh. were yesterday. <laughs> but there is, road, there is road underneath that of that, I'm sure. But I don't entirely know where it's going right what if in our next episode we just didn't talk about you going back to work at all there's no way it doesn't apply to highs and lows though yeah i'm sure it's coming oh man stay tuned folks you're gonna want to listen to episode 11 it's gonna be a week (laughs) well hopefully it's a good one we'll see all right well as always the mailbag's open folks i don't think we heard from anyone this week it was a quiet tim steak week which is fine you don't you, no need to feel bad. I did notice that on iTunes we have three five star reviews. That was Ooh, very nice of three of hey. you. Thanks for that. Apparently that helps people find the show. So if you think people who don't know us might also be interested in listening, leave <laughs> in a review. Our random parent ramblings. If you don't think that's true, then don't worry about it because that way it won't help anyone else find it, and we'll just keep it among us. All right. Well, you can always email us at timstake at gmail if you want to reach out, share a comment, have it read on the podcast we're happy to do that but until episode 11 and all the change that's about to come i'm matt i'm rachel and that's your tim's day.